0: We have uh, Tosten Brahma with us here today, and it is a really great honor because we are huge fans of his work, and uh, we are really, um, yeah, um, happy to have this type of resources that we can listen to while traveling or while going to bed. And, and, and uh, me personally, I'm really big fan of podcasts. So um, yeah, we're really greatly um, thankful for Thorsten to be here with us. Um, this, is, uh, this is a small week of events I was sharing with you. Uh, and yeah. So very welcome to this session. Uh, We're going to be here for 30 to 40 minutes. Um, We will be very grateful if you can please keep your video and um, microphone off. And uh, if you have any questions, please share them on the chat and we will revise them at the end. Um, Yeah. So my name is Carolina Garcia. I'm working for solar energy engineering, which is a master's in solar energy online and um, I'm gonna guide you through our program. Um, So we have, as Thorsten was asking just before, we have students from all around the world. Uh, This is kind of the most updated uh, map we have. Um, The pictures you see of people there are people who study online, but come once a year to our university and the laboratories at Fraunhofer ISE, who is our um, scientific partner. Um, we are bringing this event to you together with the um, wind uh, and energy system studies from the University of Castle. And if you have any questions about any of these two programs, please feel free to contact us uh, or just to find us online. Um, So yeah, very proudly and briefly, uh, Torsten has pretty much experience in a lot of different solar energy um, areas. 25 years is definitely not a small number. Um, He's gone from uh, graduating in a PhD to installing solar panels in Ghana, to uh, producing um, solar cells um, in different places and assisting startups to develop uh, high technology, And now he's a co-founder of Wave Labs. I hope I'm right. Please correct me, Torsten. And at the same time, it's uh, doing this wonderful podcast and meeting really high uh, level people and and experts. So I don't know where you find the time to do this, Torsten. Maybe you could also give us some tips about how to manage family life, professional business, and like serious hobbies that are so of such a high quality. So, um, yeah, I would love to, um, to pass you the, the screen and, and really listen to, to what you can share with us.
1: Yeah. Carolina, excellent. Thanks for the uh, kind introduction. Um, yes, yeah, sometimes I do wonder um, if it's a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just now I uh, returned from uh, the playground with my little daughter. The two older ones are with her, with their grandma today. And uh, my wife just stopped work and uh, took care of the small one. So it goes all hand in hand and uh, uh, nothing is allowed to go wrong, right? As soon as there's one disturbance, um, we do struggle. <laughs> so I'm not a... I'm, uh, I'm just a normal human. Um, with all the normal issues. Yeah, so um, Carolina mentioned I'm a co-founder and the CEO of WaveLabs. We are a a manufacturer of solar simulators. So we build artificial suns and they are used in the production lines for solar cells. And uh, the solar journey on the other side is kind of my hobby. Um, I started that, uh, not sure, one and a half, two years ago or so, because I thought I need to because once you're in a company, you're you're pretty much focused on your very little niche thing. And uh, with the family, I'm, I can't travel that much anymore. And I thought I need to work on my network and uh, get new input on solar because I'm all about solar for the last 25 years. And uh, together with a, a friend, we came up with the idea that I just should do a podcast and that I, allows me to meet people and get fresh ideas. And I hope many of the listeners also get interested in solar and get new, uh, get excited about solar and maybe can develop business idea directly from the talks or maybe with their neural network inside their brain, develop their own business idea to get started in solar. The beautiful thing about solar is it's going to be the largest industry ever. Whatever you know about coal, gas, nuclear, this is all gonna be small comparison to what solar is going to be. So, um, no matter, if if you're interested in solar, just go there. Um, You can't go wrong, right? And uh, I'll show you how many, i give you some examples um, from the people I talked to in the podcast, what they are doing. Um, um, I'll also highlight what kind of skills or, yeah, skills are required, how you can apply your skills and, and find a job in solar um yeah and also um summarize what is required at least from my guests to uh to start a successful company yeah and just let me jump in so uh yeah i just summarized and uh um basically did the best of you can kind of get a best of, <laughs> of, of uh, what I did over the last one and a half years with my 10 guests. And actually, um, now in a new, I, we kind of started a new season. So um, I um, already um, recorded a few more sessions with new guests. I had to take it slowly last year. But now I'll, I'll do a lot more um, uh, podcast uh, in 2022. So this is an example, Radovan Kopacek. Um, some, maybe some of the people in Freiburg know him because he lives in Konstanz in uh, southern Germany close by, next to Freiburg. Um, and he's the, one of the founders of uh, IAC Konstanz. That's a, um, a let's say it's, it's kind of a company, but they are actually organized in, an, in a nonprofit organization. It's a, they are like 60, 70 people all mostly engineers, and they develop new solar cell technologies. They don't make solar cells, they just develop technology and do technology transfer to uh, companies or startups who want to build solar cells on a gigawatt scale. So pretty interesting business concept. So they are mostly R&D engineers with a uh, business oriented mindset. They travel the world and uh, help people to set up production lines for solar cells uh, with the latest technology. Super inter- Radovan is a super interesting guy. He's also been in solar for a very long time. He's uh, engaged massively, not only for his company, but he also is a big promoter of solar, and it's been very inspiring to uh, to talk to him. As soon as you go to a solar conference anywhere in the world, you, I'm sure you, you're going to meet him on uh, one of the stages because he's going to be um, chairing a, a session. And only next week, if you're a technology person, go to Konstanz again because there will be three workshops on on solar cell technology. And he's one of the um, engines behind all those all those workshops and conferences. Wonderful guy. Um, the the last sessions we uh, we published. And this is Tobias Schüt. Um, he's also a German citizen. A totally different sector. He's um, with his company, the company is called DZ4, A uh, bit of an odd name, um, but good company, great company. And they, you know, when you want to have solar energy on your roof, on your residential, on, if you own a house, if you want to have solar on your roof, you usually would need to go to an installer and ask him to install the system. And then you have to choose what's the right solar module, what's the right inverter, maybe what's the right battery. Then you need to apply for the funding. You go need to go to your bank. Maybe you don't have enough cash right now because you just built a house. Um, so there's plenty of organizational and financing and and bureaucracy around having your own little solar system on the on your roof. And DZ4 helps you to do that because you can actually rent solar systems from them. So they do all. They take care of the planning. They do the installation. And if you don't have enough cash, you can actually rent the uh, solar system from them, but you benefit from like the clean energy that is produced from, from your system on the roof, but you don't need to, They they. but DZ4 just makes it very easy to get the solar system on your roof. And uh, so that's an interesting business concept, right? So uh, you, you find that in all areas in solar that it's not only about the technology and the cost, et cetera, but it's also about finding an interesting business model. And there's so huge, huge opportunities to uh, develop your own special, special business model somewhere in a niche and maybe then go global, right? So this is really still possible in solar. So that's that's Tobias. I enjoyed uh, uh, the talk also a lot. He, he's been also in solar for a long time. He used to work for Deutsche Bank, did a lot of financing, then later on in his more senior years, he started his own company. And actually, this company, I think, was just acquired by a, a lot larger entity. Yeah, and uh, this is Harald Overholm yeah, from Scandinavia. So uh, he's um, his company is called Alight. And uh, again... Interesting business model. So imagine you're a big corporation and uh, until now you got, I don't care, energy, right? So you got energy from uh, the electricity from a coal power plant or you don't even know where that electricity comes from. But now you decided it's good for the company, good for marketing, good for your own, let's say, karma to uh, run your company with clean energy. Then you can talk to Harald, and he takes care that he that you will get clean energy in the future. So he's doing kind of sourcing of clean energy for you. This is what his company is doing, and it's actually a pretty co- complex job. So his this this company allied is very much a software company because they you know you need to purchase it. Uh, Trading electricity is, as you can imagine, it's a it's a complex job. And but they so as a uh, for example, as if if you were a company who builds furniture, you have to focus on building furniture and selling this furniture, right? You can't get into sourcing clean energy. So you can outsource this job, sourcing clean energy, to Harald's company. Super interesting. Uh, Tune in. He's uh, also. has a pretty interesting CV, and he built this business model for his company also over years by working for other companies in, 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 in the past. And, and then over time, he find he found this niche that sourcing clean energy for other entities is can be profitable business. And uh, this is Alexandra. She's a Austrian Austrian citizen and uh, by the time i talked to her she used to work for green fact that's a norwegian company and uh, again interesting business model so uh, green fact means they deliver facts about green energy so what is that so green energy um harald the previous guy knows it right You buy, basically, electricity is measured in kilowatt hours, okay? But if you want to source clean energy, you want to make sure that it was produced by a windmill or it was produced by a solar park or maybe by a smartly built hydropower system, right? You want to make sure that it's really clean and not kind of fake clean, right? And um, so when you run a solar park, you don't own, you're not only selling kilowatt hours, but you're also selling a certificate that this kilowatt hour that you just produced was produced by a truly green um, power plant. So when you trade electricity, green electricity, you're trading not only the kilowatt hour, but also this certificate. So these certificates for per kilowatt hour are traded European-wide so that was mind-blowing for me to understand by the time i i talked to alexandra i was in solar for already 20 years and i had no idea that this is required right to trade certificates when it comes down to green electricity solar electricity wind electricity so it's a pretty complex topic and again of course lots of i.t Uh, is involved in trading certificates, because that's, as you can imagine, it's a purely virtual trading system, pretty bizarre, very important. So um, that just gives you an idea, right, Um, what you can do in solar, right? So it's not only about installing, running an installation company who Buys and resells solar modules, and uh, you know talks to house owners. There's lots of lots and lots of different uh, business opportunities in in the renewables field. This was just a small, very small um, uh, view on on what is possible in kind of what uh, in terms of business models. So, in in a summary, you can do R and D in solar cell technology. You can license technology. Um, Other guys I talk to, they do macro studies. There's more like scientists, macro studies on future energy systems. So, for example, what could be, how can we, how can Europe, for example, or South America, or only Mexico, for example, how can Mexico go 100% renewable energy? How is that possible? What kind of components do we need? So, in Mexico, maybe on the coastline, I was in Baja California once, there's plenty of wind, right? You want to use lots of wind from there, but how you, Baja California, there's hardly, hardly anyone lives there. Then you need transmission lines. You need to st- need storage. There's also plenty of sun, but there's also seasonal changes. How do you how do you how do you design a Mexico renewable energy systems? Or maybe you want to look at it in a more on a broader sense. What about South America or Central America? Maybe you need to look at the total system there, right? So there's plenty of macro studies, and again there's there's economical skills required and again, IT required, uh, engineering skills required. You need to understand what's the, the economics of those different uh, energy systems. Super fascinating. Then, of course, let's clear up the kind of this most straightforward thing you do you can, of course, do installation of solar systems. But again, as I showed you with uh, um, um, uh, Tobias, there can be interesting models of leasing solar modules to to the actual use of clean electricity then as you can insur- imagine all industry require quality assurance there need to be certificates for the that the solar module is functioning well right um then there's uh, people who do big data analysis of power plants right so how can we optimize them there's another company i talked to uh, who does only that, right? So they collect data of windmills and the solar parks and they look at the data and do machine learning and they try to figure out how can we optimize the power plant. Then in a combination, um, how can we forecast the output of a solar park? Cause you know, you can do the, you ask and ask the national metrology uh, authorities, how, how, may, how much wind will we have tomorrow? When will the sun rise tomorrow? When, how much sun will be? How many, will there be a lot of cloud cover, right? So for people who do sourcing of clean energy, they need to know that, right? Because if you have a spot market and you, you want to know how much this electricity, is, my solar electricity is going to be worth tomorrow. If there will be too much solar, it's going to be too cheap maybe, right? If there's rare little sun tomorrow, then my clean electricity, I can sell it for a good price, right? So there's plenty of these considerations to be done. Um, then I mentioned uh, Alexander, she was in the in uh, gathering facts on on uh, green certificates and trading green certificates. And then of course, risk management, um, very important, right? So what happens if there's another, since we talked about Mexico, what happens if, I mean, Okay, so there's plenty of sun in Mexico, but they have got volcanoes. right? What happens if a volcano erupts? then there will be maybe the solar park will be destroyed, right? Or maybe there will be a cloud cover for a few weeks. So this needs to be included in a risk management system for my solar park, or for when I source or finance that f- solar park, right? So pretty complex mathematical models um, required to to assess. The, uh, the risks. And then, of course, sourcing green electricity, which is kind of a a mix of all the previous uh, aspects. And again, this is not a, com- uh, a complete list. There's plenty, plenty more. Yeah. All right. And then uh, one of my classic questions I ask my guests is, what is required to bring solar to the next level? right So we're, we're in a good Um, For the last 20 years, solar was growing, growing, growing with 10, 20% each year, not in every country, but on a global scale. And uh, But how can we accelerate the deployment of solar? So that was my, it's my classic last question in in the podcast. And uh, I have listed here a few options, right? So is it the availability? of solar modules or is it the capital costs of windmills right if you need to finance that and um, on the horizontal line you can see how many uh, people agreed on that aspect so when we look at the oops at the bottom four one it's not relevant right for example costs per kilowatt hour they say solar and wind it's already the cheapest source of energy worldwide but you can't Coal is more expensive. Nuclear is the most expensive uh, source of energy anyhow. And it just keeps going up, or actually. Now the discussion about keep, for example, run, the, the nuclear reactors running in Europe is just crazy because it's so crazy expensive. Um, So that's not an issue at all. Even the, the efficiency of solar cells is not an, an aspect, right? It's more about competition between the solar cell manufacturers. So it's not required to deploy more solar when it comes to capital costs then actually harald said yeah this is actually a one of the bottlenecks the capital costs i mean credits from the bank were pretty cheap in the past but he still says it's one of the key drivers for the costs of solar electricity or wind electricity and he says that's interesting I, I tuned in again last week uh, last night just to <laughs> do the, do, the, do that poll and he said, actually it's to invest into solar and wind is one of the most reliable investments he can think of. Interesting. But still he thinks the capital costs are too high. and, and that's why he thinks capital costs are still too high, right? Um, yeah, durability is, a bit of an issue still only a 10 percent of all my listen uh, my guests. Then uh, of course wind and solar, right? the sun always only shines during the day. The wind uh, doesn't blow from uh, all around the day. So of course the 24 7 availability of green electricity is an issue. but with the deployment with more interconnection of like large regions, right? So, for example, if Europe would hook up to Africa, if uh, Europe would build once, um, would all be all super connected in terms of electricity, then the uh, the output is improved, right? We still have nighttime across whole of Europe, for example, or Mexico or Venezuela, um, but it helps to have a large system. But then, of course, um, storage systems will become a massive aspect and... Um, with electric vehicles and other forms of uh, storage, um, this will be resolved pretty soon, right? And uh, actually the learning curve, so the the speed at which the costs for per stored kilowatt hour is going down dramatically, even faster than, than the speed at which the cost for solar electricity went down. So basically, but to have a complete system 24-7 24-7 availability is in, indeed a fact. So if you have smart ideas for storage, do it. Yeah. And then surprisingly, the key, the key issue to bring solar to the next level is regula- on a regulatory level. So policy, right, legislation, get rid of bureaucracy, Uh, make sure you remove all the thresholds, all the obstacles that are installed in all countries. I mean, Germany is not bad in solar, right? But there's still a lot of bureaucracy to get a windmill set up or a solar system set up, right? Even for tiny, tiny systems, you have to fill out many, many forms, right? And it's pretty much like that in almost all countries across the world. So and they, and every and you know you can see 60% of all my guests said on the regulatory level. Get rid of bottlenecks. Get rid of bureaucracy. This is really driving. This would if you get rid of that. This would really accelerate the deployment of solar and wind electricity. Super fascinating, right? And then uh, many of those companies uh, I talked to, people I talked to, they were actually founders of, uh, just like me for with WaveLabs. And that's why I'm also eager to understand from them what was their key learning to uh, to set up their company. Because um, uh, when you build a new company from scratch, you, you go through many, many valleys of death. Yeah, um, And we were working a lot at WaveLabs, we were working a lot with a, a book called Scaling Up it's uh, the author is Vern harnish and it's built on the uh, rockefeller habits i can only recommend that uh, to read that it's it's mind-blowing um wonderful know-how uh, gathered in in that book um so if you want to improve your management skills if you want to consider to run a department uh, or if you just want to anticipate what is what your boss might ask from you then uh, Go and get that book, Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. Anyhow, so I asked my people, uh, the the guests, uh, what was important to become uh, a a successful company? And uh, many, many said, it's all about the team, right? You need to choose your your people wisely. Uh, Business is always a people's um, business. It's, of course, about the product. That's the next thing. But uh, with uh, a shitty team, you're not going to get anywhere, right? So choose wisely who you want to start a company with. Um, Then, of course, know your product well, know the industry well, know the tech well. um, That's, of course, important. Understand the market. Um, So keep talking to your customers. Maybe you need to pivot. Maybe you need to adjust the design of your product because you anticipated a customer demand. But actually when you listen closely to your customers they might ask for something else even today after 10 years at Wavelets, we just learned last week that many many customers buy our product for a reason we didn't know of <laughs> so we wanted to change a little tiny feature on our product and then suddenly they all went what the hell are you doing you know this was one of your best features right and we didn't know crazy after 10 years in the market um, particularly if you have an international team or if you build your team or build your company in a, in a for you foreign country or if your customers are in a foreign country for example WaveLabs our customers are mainly in China because China, this is where most of the solar cell manufacturing is going on you need to understand and be open, right, to the local culture, and this can be sometimes pretty mind blowing. You need to be patient. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's it's super surprising, right? And uh, this is a pretty international team here. Um, uh, you you might have experienced that uh, yourself uh, in, in in the past. So experience you have experience with international teams definitely helps, right? In in a globalized world we live in today. And then once you have funding, once you or maybe you, you put in your own money, manage cash flow, right? So it's actually you think you want to make a profit, right? But more important uh, is to show that you always have money in the bank, right? And that's actually a difference. I'm not going to into details. Maybe some of most of you might, might know, but it's the difference between being profitable and have money in the bank, right? And it's more important to be have money in the bank rather than be profitable. Because at the end of the month, you have to play you have to pay the salary of your employees, you have to pay the rent, right? You might have you might want to have a little salary yourself to get some food and uh, pay the rent for yourself. So manage cash flow, be super precise on that and, and then um, you know you start uh, as a small with a small team maybe a one-man show and then you hire one or two or three guys and then suddenly you're a team of 10 and then suddenly you have um hierarchy levels not only you and one below above you but then you have multiple hierarchy levels and then interaction becomes more complex you need different management skills um business becomes more complex for that also scaling up the book i mentioned is very good in uh, preparing you for that so you have to revolve f- from a founder to a ceo or whatever senior manager or you decide you be- remain the specialist but then you need to hire senior management so that's also a pretty uh, important aspect that you need to consider right that over time as the company grows you need to adopt right either hire a new boss for yourself or you need to become a leader yeah. and that's it thanks for listening yeah. and i'm happy to discuss this whatever you want to discuss if you have questions
0: thank you so much and that was really um i'm just shocked because i think this talk should be at the beginning of all our uh courses <laughs> Oh, excellent. I, I think yes. it will be, it's really positive not to know and to, to have so much certainty about the future of the solar industry or in general, the renewable industries, and um, to feel that people who are in this path are in the right path. People who are not, they still have time to join and, and, and go for one of these um, areas that you mentioned before. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a really exciting time. I think all of us knew we were in the right place, but now we're even more and more convinced about it. So thank you so much for for making this feel so positive for for us in this industry. Um, so I would like to invite you guys. Uh, if anybody has any questions, um, you know, Thurston has a lot of experience in different things. He is running this wonderful podcast and. Um, I'm personally really looking forward to the next uh, uh, chapters that you might be releasing soon. Um, you can also find Justin in um, Twitter. You can find him in Spotify, in YouTube, in in Amazon, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can you can also just have a look at the blog itself and there's a lot of information there about this. Um, these great people he's been in contact with. Um, but if you have any questions at the moment, this is your chance before we let him go. Um, yeah, thank you so much. It's it's really great. I just had one question maybe about the, the graphics when you're saying what have the people that you have interviewed said that is necessary to to really push the renewable industry or the solar industry. And you said that um, bureaucracy and paperwork and and all that. Um, And I remember a talk um, with Bruno Burger from the energy charts where he was describing the history of the solar uh, industry in Germany and uh, I don't know what percentage of this bottleneck of bureaucracy. It's really just in a financial interest, you know, like some things are just so possible and so ready to be applied. And, and then just the convenience of, or the, the, the businesses that the politicians, the friends they have in the oil industry or who knows in these other industries, they these type of connections don't really badly don't allow them to to choose the right things, which it's clearly the renewable energy yeah i, I don't know if you didn't want to be too political to say that, but I just think you know
1: <laughs> yeah i mean uh, in in the past there were lots of obstacles and in, and you wonder why they were they were there right and um and of course, people many, many, many uh, thought or assume that uh, there's lobbyism behind it mm. to, be, to make it really, really complicated, right? So that many just give up and say, well, I can't be bothered, right? I've got a, I've got a life myself and I can't become a pro in installing my little solar system or, or investing into a solar um, asset.
0: And, and the crazy yeah. thing is that we have seen it is possible to drastically apply huge changes.
1: Yeah. So um, and
0: we have seen it with the corona.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And um, so once once mankind chooses to make a change, then we can right because all the I mean regulation is man made right. It's not a, it's not a It's not a natural law right. Like E equals M C square. That's a natural law right. But bureaucracy is. We 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 we, it's set up by us, right? So we we build it and we can remove it, right? Exactly. And um, so um, yeah, it can be removed. And uh, I think I mean now in Germany we have a new uh, government with the Greens involved, and uh, many in Germany now hope that we again um, push push. solar energy a lot uh, stronger than we used to uh, in the last 10 years. We were pretty good, but it slowed down massively because of lobbyism, I I believe. And now with um, everything that's going on in the world, um, I think people are aware that um, with the climate crisis, with the obvious uh, consequences, that we need to do something, right? And uh, energy independence uh, has has become uh, a... a new topic, and actually, it's it was in in Germany. It was actually the starting point to set up a uh, um, to start look at solar energy in the right. It was it, it, it the initiation came from uh, the liberal party, and they d- discovered that Germany depends on oil imports too heavily. So they this is why then they then set up the first initiatives to promote solar, right? Because they thought well, then we become energy independent and we don't need to rely on imports, right? And do compromises on on the choices, right? The people we work with. And uh, that's like 30 years ago, right? Or 40 years ago. And the Liberal Party forgot about this. They were actually the the people who were the first movers, right? And uh, fortunately now, very recently, for obvious reasons, they rediscovered and they call it now the... The freedom energy, right? Because it's uh, any country, as, as soon as you install a windmill or a solar park, then you can produce your own electricity. Mm. Wonderful, yeah.
0: There is one more question from Rami. He's asking if you think that renewables or solar, in, uh, solar impact businesses, uh, sorry, what renewables or solar impact businesses can be also profitable. I'm not sure I'm understanding
1: the question. Yeah, I mean, uh, my company is profitable, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, any company, any any industry has to be profitable to be sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you can't invest a dollar and then lose two dollars. I mean, you can do that initially, right? But uh, in the long run, yeah. any anything good needs to be profitable, right? Because otherwise there's no value in what you create, and there's most, I mean, all energy company, all solar companies that have been around for the last years, they are profitable, right? Mm. Definitely. It's, it's the cleanest source of energy, right? So if you produce solar electricity, that's, then you are the most profitable energy company.
0: Uh, Rami, I don't know if you want to turn your microphone on, if it's possible for you. Um, Rami saying that he means that they can just work for making impact, impact businesses model. Um, oh, are you sorry. there, Rami? So <laughs> Should I unmute you? <laughs> I don't want to force you. To have a positive impact on the environment or so. Yeah, well. Well...
1: Yeah I think uh of definitely I mean solar is it has a positive impact right so you reduce um the co2 emissions and uh, by that you help to uh, at least protect the uh, the climate we have now and uh, we've been we are very used to the climate we have now and we shouldn't change it too much right because you don't know what's going to happen right <laughs> deserts may might become larger deserts and uh, a small rain beca- might turn into a massive hurricane. We, we see that in Germany, we, may, we see that in many parts of the world that the climate does change with the dramatic consequences for humans, mostly, of course, uh, but also animals, um, everything, right? Everything can change when yeah, you change we're the connected. climate.
0: Yeah, we totally. Um, Vina, I had uh, the hand raised. Are you there, Vina?
1: Yeah, hi, Dawson, thank you for the interesting presentation. So I have a question uh, that like I am also in the renewable energy like uh, part because I'm also working for uh, the solar energy engineering part. But it's always wonders me, Uh, for example, is the grid or the technology or the things are ready for 100% renewable energy? Because one just uh, example from my family in India, like we just installed a solar panel at home. And the grid uh, people told that they don't have the capacity to take the energy from us to the grid because the grid is so unstable. So do you think it is possible in a few years to change everything, all the infrastructure, for example, the country like India, which is really big and the grid infrastructure is so, uh, like where the electricity is not yet 100%, like how it is in Germany, for example, you don't have electricity for hundred percent, 24 hours of time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh definitely i mean it does work in, in in germany right i mean when i was uh, I, I think i was doing maybe my phd so that's a long time ago um uh, smart engineers said that you can't have 100% renewables it's impossible because of the grid right there is a th- clear maximum of 20% you can't do more than 20% renewables right because it's fluctuating right now in Germany, uh, many decades later, uh, we we have already at least hours and minutes where 100% of the electricity demand is covered by renewables, right? So whatever people said back then was nonsense, right? And uh, it's it's let's say what you described. It's just engineering, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not like i think it's always important to define is there a natural limit like e equals mc square right einstein's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. famous equation or is it just engineering right and with just engineering it might take time right we might not need to have a little bit of innovation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we may we might need to invest right and uh, I can believe I've never been to India. I hopefully I will travel next year, uh, next month actually. Um, but I can imagine uh, I was in Ghana that uh, in some parts the the grid is very um, basic, and then of course um, lots of money has to go into into investing into a grid, make it stable, right? Very mm-hmm. fundamentally, right? But that's just just doing it, right? Nothing special, honestly. <clears throat> Nice, thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for that. And um, thank you for your questions. I can't see anybody else uh, having many more questions. I think it was all really clear and graphic and, and yeah, I would like to talk to you, Torsten, about um, maybe the use of this really insightful talks video. Uh, sure. Maybe we can entice you to let us use it.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Um,
0: <laughs> and share it.
1: Yeah, I will. I will.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you on the name of Fraunhofer ESA Academy, uh, UniCastle, and work. Uni and we hope to see some of you tomorrow in our last day. Please visit uh, Torsten podcast and blog. You won't regret it. You will be hooked in. And if any of you have topics uh, that you wanted to share, as we said, um, Torsten offered the option to um, to give some space to some people, yes, um, yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, we can also discuss that by email if necessary. So, thank you, everyone, thank you, yeah, Torsten.
1: yeah. thanks a lot for tuning in, um, and uh, feel free to contact me, you find my. Email address on the website solarjourney.blog. And my email address is thorsten at solarjourney.blog. Feel free to contact me. Happy to stay in touch.